Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake goes to Niagara Falls. Chuck is ready for business. Duraludon wins. And it is NAIC week. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? I am all ready for business. Yes. There's lots of business going on with you. Uh, Pokemon, <laughs> not Pokemon. Uh, so I figured that was the best intro for the week because I know I've been talking about a lot of your moving, but I had to change it up a little bit uh, on the on the intro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am I am ready for business today. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been talking about it for weeks. I've been mm-hmm. moving. Uh, it's like, I guess, what you call like D-Day this right. week. Of course, it's NAIC week as well. So it's been, uh, that's been digging into my prep for NAIC, but, um, so been doing that. We'll be done with that this week. Well, I will not have be to move. Of, everything out, out of, the of your old house. Stage. Yeah. I will be out of my old house by the end of this week. Uh, everything then will be getting situated in my new house which you can take as long as you want with that you can take so hey i i believe i still have things in my house that i have not taken out of boxes and i've been in this house for uh like i don't know like seven eight years now uh so <laughs> yeah it, take your time my um, friend <clears throat> yeah so that's the game plan there uh just to get out of the house this week and then hopefully show up at nic uh, and what the game plan is to show up at nic have fun, play some Pokemon, and uh, I did get to bring it back to Pokemon. Did get some testing in this week. That's right. Uh, running, running some of my deck through our locals. Uh, got some testing to do still because uh, after Milwaukee, which we will talk about later, uh, got to. I think I need to prep for that do some additions and some tra- subtractions. So, Oh yeah. I mean, I know we're all kind of staying in the same place, so we're going to definitely be able to um, do that last minute prep the night before prep, like uh, maybe some spicy texts um, from outside of what the norm um, are. And yeah, like you said, you were at the locals. Um, I've been hitting locals as well, uh, but, and <laughs> I've been flip-flopping between two decks. Uh, one day, one deck feels great and the other doesn't and then vice versa the next day. Um, so I, I, I still am undecided. I think I am leaning one way over the other. Um, uh, had some pretty good success with uh, with the deck this week at locals uh, going, you know, 4-0 uh, and then testing before that. I think I was uh, somewhere in the realm of like 10, 10 and 2 before locals um, with the deck I brought. Um, so pretty, pretty good testing, I guess. Um, made a couple small adjustments. So we'll see how it works out. Um, just trying to get over that hump. I feel like, you know, locally and online, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm an above average player and I, you know, I, I have my fair share of wins, uh, but it's just never been able to so far, um, you know, the, the small sample size, get over that hump and make cut. Um, I'm hoping NAAC is that first kind of step for me uh, to, you know, prove that I'm a, you know, fairly decent player. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an Azul or, or toward or any of those, uh, you know, top players. Uh, but I feel like I can compete and, you know, hopefully we get over the edge there. Yeah. I, I know you can compete. I, I know it's there and all the advice I can give you in that is trust the gut when it comes to the, the decision, oh, yeah. uh, trust the gut. Um, 
don't let anyone else tell you otherwise because uh in my experience that gut feeling usually knows best oh for sure and, and it, it like i've said many a times it served me well in in you know x-wing and other games i've played in the in the past uh so i just really gotta believe in myself and, and you know go from there uh, but aside from pokemon testing which i you know i got a fair bit in this last week um it was my anniversary weekend that's the reason i didn't go to milwaukee um to to attempt to play in that one um and the wife and i decided oh, just the night but the night before um let's just dr- make a drive up to niagara falls so it's like a three and a half hour drive um to get there from our house uh so we drove up there three and a half hours we were about there for probably about three and a half four hours and then decided to drive back home <laughs> so it was yeah it was a, it was a, a nice, nice spontaneous day. trip yeah took took the uh took the kid out took the dog out um, got lots of cool pictures. It was beautiful weather, perfect weather. The sky, like the I went once before and it was just garbage weather. It was cold, like damp, dreary, and all that stuff. But today or this last weekend, it was, you know, blue skies with like white puffy clouds, like perfect weather. Um, and it was really good for, you know, walking around, just getting some sights and, and playing a little bit of Pokemon Go too as well. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's always good, especially when you kind of do it spontaneous, adds a little fun to the to the mix. So of course, yeah, and so you like do need a little bit of a break from competitive all the time. And you know me, I'm I'm definitely um, very focused and maybe obsessed when it comes to certain things, and I can you know get on a one track mind. So sometimes just breaking that up um, helps out tremendously. One hundred percent. But yeah, I, we have a, a really awesome episode really just in store we're going to recap milwaukee um you know have a little bit of meta discussion um there was a lot of different decks to talk about um a lot of interesting text to talk about um and then of course naic like we've been waiting for this for um it feels like years uh, obviously since it was um it you know announced that we were going to have it. it this is kind of like our worlds we knew you know it would be a little unrealistic for us to um push for worlds with us never being in the game before. So this is kind of our um, final step in our, of the season um, to finish our first official season, quote unquote. Um, so, so really looking forward to that and, you know, seeing, seeing friends and, you know, just the testing and just the playing as well. Um, but before we get into all that, we, we do have our normal stake. Um, you know, our random card madness is, is up first, I guess. All right. Random card madness. And uh, I, did a little twist here. Uh, the Pokemon Go set, the the crossover set, is revealed. So I'm going to randomly generate a number from that. There's only 78 cards in there, but we can uh, hopefully get yeah, something hopefully. pretty cool. There's, maybe we talk about. There's a lot of decent cards in that set, so let's go. All right. So we got card number 26, which is going to take us to... Uh, everyone's favorite, not really, uh, but it is Galisopod. Uh, he's been known for some other things, but this one's got uh, a little bit of a spicy tech to him. So this is a stage one, obviously evolves from Wimpod. Now we've known him as a grass Pokemon. This one is a water one. So he's got 130 HP, stage one, like I said. Uh, comes with two attacks. Um, our first attack is for one water you got first impression 20 plus damage if this pokemon moved from your bench to your active spot this turn this attack does 90 more damage 
and then uh, you have another attack for water color, water and two colorless, so three total energy, uh, is slash for 100 damage. So, uh, and this is weak to lightning because he's water Pokemon with a retreat of two. Um, this guy's got a little bit of shades of Hoopa treatment, but on a stage one. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, unfortunately for uh, Golisopod here, um, he is a stage one. Um, you, you do see a lot of versatility with Hoopa and Dark decks or, or you know, Toolbox one prizer decks. Um, but that's because you can just drop them down and then immediately go uh, and hit. Um, you can't really do that there. You have to throw the Wimpod down there. Uh, so, unfortunately, I do like Glyspot a lot. Unfortunately, I don't think that this one's going to see much play. Maybe some people will try to make them work. Um, but I feel like if you're going to be playing a water, um, there's just so many better options um, to play over this, um, especially with, you know, um, all the water acceleration um, that's in the format right now. So I, I would unfortunately say I'm not really liking him too much. Probably that's going to be binder or, or bulk fodder right there. Yeah, uh, it is a pretty cool addition to the the ghost set. Uh, something a little different. I like the the kind of attack for only the one water energy. Yeah. Uh, the evolution makes it a little clunky because, like you said, Hoopa. The, the The reason why that Hoopa attack kind of is works is uh, that you drop it, switch him, attach the energy, and then you're hitting for ninety. Right. Um, I mean, the benefit of this Golisopod is that you hit for one ten instead of ninety. And you can still hit for weakness. But uh, like you said, I just don't see it. Um, maybe in some other formats, he might be a decent addition. But um, not in standard play at the moment. I just don't see where he slots in water decks that are going to be useful. So I'm with you. Right. He's going to be binder fodder. It's unfortunate. But yep. um, yeah. I will uh, say he right looks there. cool. He he does look cool, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Golispod is <laughs> always uh, one of my favorites, especially with the, the last one that we were having, um, with, with the one that does extra damage for every uh, GX, GX, and, and uh, I think the V was part of that, wasn't it? Um, I believe it was. Yeah, that one. That one was a, a good Golispod. So hopefully, in the future, we can have another one um, that's serviceable, just like him. Yep. Right. All right. Well, that that makes it time for trivia. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you said you had a good one. So I'm going to let you start with it. Okay. Well, I, it might be a good one. I don't know. I think I might, uh, you know, trip you up with this one. Cause I didn't even know this was, <clears throat> this was the ability, um, you know, going through the, 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 the bulk over here. Um, so we're going to play that um, name. This uh, Pokemon, this ability belongs to as per the use um, it is standard legal. Um, it is, and I guess I'll give you a hint. It is a stage one. Okay. Um, so ability Sludge Street. Sludge Street. Here I was just gonna say drizzle. But, uh, uh... <laughs> no, I'm not gonna give you shady dealings. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it'd be easy. Um, Sludge Street. Streak. Street. Like Sludge. the street you live on. All right. Um, I'm going to go with... 
I have no idea, but I have a few ideas of things that are sludgy in Pokemon. So I'm going to take a stab at Muck. You got it, my friend. It is <laughs> Muck. I probably shouldn't have said it was a stage one, uh, but ability Sludge Street. Um, <clears throat> the retreat cost of your opponent's poison Pokemon um, is now one more colorless. Ah. So hints of Absol of old, uh, just kind of never has seen anything, uh, any play quite yet. Um, there's not really too many decks that punish you for having retreat costs. I mean, I know um, you do have your, your Leafy on v, uh, VMAX that definitely hurts you there. Um, never really even seen it make it into that deck, though. So um, not sure if it's ever really going to see life. We'll see. It may be one of those cards you want to just keep around or keep in the back of your head. Yeah, if, if poisoning becomes popular, uh, that could be good. Right. All right, well, uh, I have a, a Pokedex entry for you of a Pokemon that I was thinking about this week. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the Pokedex entry for this Pokemon, and you and those listeners can guess at it. Um, uh, the hint I'll give you a hint up front. It's called the Neon Pokemon. Uh, they traverse the deep waters as if crawling over the seafloor. The fantastic lights of its fins shine like stars in the night sky. Lan the, the, the lantern, right? Uh, uh, it's the electric fish Pokemon, right? That's lantern. Lan lantern? I don't remember the name. You're going with like lantern or... Uh... Lantern is the bigger, the yeah, the big, form. yeah. Uh, that is not correct, though. Dang it. Um, it is Luminion. Oh my gosh, another fish really? that lights up. <laughs> I didn't know Luminion lit up, and not, I mean, again, I'm not part of the, I don't like, I don't know much of the lore, but I all the cards I've ever seen of Luminion doesn't look like it's lit up. Uh, it, well. They shine like stars in the night sky. That's what well, it says. Well, uh, with the name Luminion, I kind of thought maybe it lit up, but I yeah, will say it doesn't yeah, necessarily so. look makes... like it. It does not look like it lights up like Lantern does. So you had a very good guess on that. I, yeah, you tricked me. But no, that was a good one. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I, I just you. couldn't close the deal there. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you. You sure did. All right. Well, That's... with that being said, I think it's time to jump uh, to Ryan and Turtwig, and let's talk a little bit about the meta of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I'm joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week, we have 20 tournaments, 2,344 unique deck plays, and 6,312 matches to cover this week. So, we also had a regionals, but I don't really get the data for that for a little while. So, without further ado, let's hop right into those top 8s. Starting off, Dialga had 10 top 8s, the Regis had 11 top 8s, Arceus Duraludon had 13 top 8s, Blissey Miltank had 14 top 8s, Arceus had 22 top 8s, Mew had 23 top 8s, and a top dog this week, Palkia had 37 top 8s this week. That's it for this week's top 8s, now let's look at those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being Mew Genesect, Palkia Inteleon, Arceus Inteleon, Straight Palkia, Blissey Miltank, and Arceus Duraludon. 
Notable changes to Mugenesect, Arcicentalion, Palkia, Dialga, and Blissey Miltank. Mugenesect was up in win percentage by about 3.5%, Arcicentalion was up in win percentage by 7.5%, Pal Straight Palkia was up in play percentage by 6.5%, and down in win percentage by 14%, but it was still over 50%. So that large gap went from a few people played it to a good bit of people played it and it did about average. Dialga was up in play percentage by 4% and Blissey Miltank was up in win percentage by 5%. Now I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes Inc. Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals. This week's winner was Mike the Waterlord with his Turbo Palkia deck. So congrats on that great performance Mike. Now let's talk about the decks that won this week. Those being, Arceus Tapu Koko had one win, Plissy Miltank had one win, Arceus Duraludon had three wins, Dialga had three wins, Arceus had four wins, Mew had four wins, and Palkia had four wins, sharing the top spot with Mew and Arceus this week. Now, Turkfrig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you, so if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time. Be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. All right, Ryan, thank you for another great meta report. And with that, we come to the news, which uh, is a little bit of a light week on news. Um, just kind of a little bit of tidbits to go over. Uh, we did hear uh, a set date for our next release called Lost Origin uh, is September 9th. So we got a little bit of ways to that. Mm -hmm. Um and then am I forgetting something else? I believe you there's some really exciting league news. Yes, the really exciting league news that I totally forgot about. <laughs> um, the exciting league news is that you're getting promos. We're getting We're promos back. back. Promos are coming back to league nights and uh, maybe league kit uh, like league play days and things like that. So right, those are always so fun to collect. I mean, regardless how you do you know you get your packs you get you get some league promos you get some code cards and you're like oh which one am i gonna get um i literally still use the coin that i got from league promos just the the, the standard um like just the silver star with all the different types of pokemon uh or types of yeah pokemon around it um that way it's it's still a sweet looking coin but doesn't like give away what kind of deck i'm playing so i still use that coin all the time on ptcto uh, I'm all for giving my decks away. So when you play me on PTCGO, you kind of know. But uh, I am one to thank those league promos for those shady dealing Inteleons that I right. I still have uh, a, a good amount of all three of the original starters there. Um, love those, and then I've I've been trying to steadily start to um, uh, trade or or you know barter with some other locals that have been in the game a little bit longer. Um, that have really cool old league promos like a skateboard and, and um, you know, different things like that. So um, trying to, you know, have my collection have a little bit more. Um, but, you know, the further we, away we get from them, the harder they are to, to retrieve. Yeah. I think the only other cool old one I own is Fiery Flint. I don't know. It was a pretty good one. Um, there was what, uh, the 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 one for uh, dragon and psychic. What was that one? The uh, 
the, basically you discard to find any kind of uh, uh mysterious treasure mysterious treasure that one was a really cool one too yeah that that was a good one to have too uh as a promo right um i don't have any of those i just know i have i think i have some fiery flint that's about it mm-hmm. um i have the and then i have the i don't have any rillaboom i don't know i think i, just I have, have plenty if you if you need some um, just let me know. I, I got you. I got you. I got I got Cinderaces and I got I got Intellions, but I don't remember I don't remember having Rillaboom. Right. Sorry. We'll get to uh, it later. Ah, not a problem. Uh, but that yeah, that's a little bit of a light uh, news week. I think you know Pokemon knows like the big the big thing everybody's looking forward to is NAIC um, and just all the the you know the end of this season's kind of wrapping up so we have naac and then worlds after that and then you know season to end so um it's been fun um but before we get to the end we still got to talk a little bit about about milwaukee because it was um less than a week uh before uh naic so we're going to definitely talk about you know what did well um and you know what kind of impact that's going to have to the meta um when it comes just to whole deck archetypes um, and now having to tech for these things, um, do do we think they're going to be long term success or we think um, you're going to see less of them? So we'll kind of deep dive into that. Um, so um, let's start off with just the top eight in the meta diversity um, that we are seeing. Um, we saw Duraludon win the whole thing. Um, so, you know, it's one of those decks that everybody knew was good, um, but people had text for it and then they stopped respecting it. It came back and did well. Um, took a lot of people by storm. Uh, so great meta call there. Um, Blissey with mill tank, but it's basically a Blissey tank with less focus on the mill tank. Um, and there's a couple texts in there that I definitely want to talk about, but again, uh, another archetype that might not have seen as much success, um, compared to everything else. Uh, then of course we have Mew VMAX. The deck is what it is. We've talked about it multiple times. Um, but you know, it's representing in the top eight there. Uh, we got the origin form Palkia um, and uh, with the with the Intellion engine. So uh, that that deck is proven. It's really, really good. So even last week going in uh, to Australia with uh, what the eight of them uh, being in the top eight. So we had a little bit more diversity here. Um, and then we, what do we have here? <clears throat> we had Arceus uh, as well. Um, it definitely just being able to be such a toolbox deck, um, being able to make a lot of different decisions, um, and then just so consistent with that, uh, V-Star ability. And then we have a couple more, um, Palkia's Duraludons and, uh, that basically round out the top eight, but we did also see a few other cool decks. Uh, Reggie is still doing well, um, getting up there in top 12. Um, and then we saw Azul playing the Arceus flying Pikachu so we did get uh, a flying Pikachu that was up there and actually looked poised to actually win that matchup except for a specific tech there which we will go into um, but I think no matter what deck you plan on playing um, you can't cover all of these uh, decks um, so you're gonna probably have to take auto loss and just accept it but I think that's healthy for the game but what say you Chuck yeah I mean I think you I think you hit it on the head there with the diversity we're seeing. It's going to be really hard for decks to cover um, cover all of the archetypes. So you really got to pick your poisons, I guess, um, and and then decide. I mean, 
it's going to become come down to your your kind of your meta call what you think you're going to see the most of what you think is going to be the hot deck at the time uh and 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 go from there and and pick pick what you think is going to be worth teching for yeah for sure um with that with the Raladon coming in there um do you think that <clears throat> Pushes the single prizers out. Um, mainly, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the Regigigas deck, uh, being able to just block off attacks from things with special energy. Or do you think um, Swell, or not Swell, I'm sorry, uh, Path to the Peak is a good enough stadium uh, to give that deck a chance? Um, or do you think it just doesn't have, you know, the staying power if, if we're going to expect more Duraludon? Um, I don't. I don't know if if Reggie like it. I don't know if we're going to see more Duraludon. I mean, it did win the tournament, um, but I think playing that uh, playing that type of deck maybe like requires a special mentality to like not overcommit and stick to your stick to your your low bench count right. kind of thing. Um, and some people might not want to play that way. I think. Uh, so you might, and there's still other really good options that will just, that can beat Duraludon. So it's not right. like you, um, you have to commit to Duraludon or you're not going to do well. Um, but having Duraludon in the meta does kind of, I think, hurt Regigigas, Regigigas's chances a little bit because I don't think it can play around it that much. I mean, right. I don't think, I don't think path is enough because you're not really ever, one-shotting anything um and if they can throw down like if they if they don't have enough to if if duraldon doesn't miss a stadium it continues to bump um and and bump that path and, and then at that point it's just too much uh for for the uh reggie deck to you punch through that many times because you're gonna have to go through um you know at least one duraldon and and probably two um arceus v stars um, it just seems like a lot, especially with uh, if you start out with the Arceus and take a few prizes and then like save the Duraludon towards the end. Yeah, I, I just I don't think it can can commit to four paths either. Right. And and you we see the Duraludons putting four states four, four plus. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I just don't see it. That's going to do that's going to be the card that that makes it work. Um, if someone finds a way around it, be like, give them a pat on the back. But I still think Reggie's are your, probably your best single prizer at the moment in the meta. And as we can see, they'll take you all the way to 11th place at at Milwaukee. So you have an outside shot. I mean, it's one of those things where you just go, Hey, I'll punch a Duraludon. Just please don't pair me. Right. Right. <laughs> uh all right. Well, before we get off of Duraladon, because you know it was the, the deck that won. Um, it has a lot of good matchups, as we already said. You know, it's already you know good against those one prizers. It has a, a decent matchup against current muse right now. Um, and then everything else, it, it it can you can it can trade blow for blow pretty good. Um, obviously it's really consistent. Um, but what are some techs um that you want the listeners to maybe know about um that might affect Duraludon in a negative way that you could play um, like a one or two card uh, thing that might uh, 
you know, been in the meta to keep him down before um, that might see its way pop or pop back up into decks, at, you know, teching for Duralazon. Um, well, there's two. I mean, the biggest down, biggest tech or non-tech, as I could say, is it's not really a tech. Just don't play special energy. Um, there's a lot of, there's some decks in the moment right now that just don't play special energy. Uh, and then Duraldon is kind of just a two-shot in VMAX uh, with nothing really too special about him. But uh, as for other low-key techs, I mean, Path of the Peak is a really good one. Skyscraper just goes away. Um, and then you can, um, with Astral Radiance, you can use Canceling Column. Um, it's it's a low-key tech for a turn where you can get rid of that skyscraper ability and be able to hit through, hopefully, for enough damage to, to KO or, yeah. you know, because it is only for one turn. Right. Um, those are definitely um, cards to consider. Um, the Canceling Cologne, I don't know. I think you would have to have more uses for it than just Duraludon. Um in that you know that matchup um but if you can find you know multiple different uh decks that you want to use that against uh definitely something to consider um one thing that i was thinking of um since most of the drowsons i've ever seen play to success um you know in the the recent future were you know having the arceus uh engine to get that early game setup um so you'll typically see an an arceus and or two arceus down um just to make sure um they can get their V-Star ability off turn two. Um, so there's usually, you know, that's forcing them to go through, um, what, seven prizes? Uh, but if you yeah. play if you play a Echoing Horn, hey, you can throw one of those back up and never even have to worry about that. If you don't have an answer to Skyscraper, if you can't punch yeah. through that, um, that is another option, especially for those Mews. Um, Mew um, is the deck that might want to play um, Echoing Horn over most other decks. Uh, but that's just another thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, sometimes the best way to beat that big threat is just not deal with it and deal with everything else. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, so those are some cards definitely yeah. to consider uh, when playing against Duraludon or, it, or playing. It is a good option when you can't hit the big guy to hit something else instead. Right. So, yeah, we've already seen, you know, <laughs> boss's orders is such a powerful card. Uh, so, yeah, get get those uh, bench Pokemon out there. All right, so let's move on to the next deck. Uh, I think this was a little bit more spicy. I think a little bit more people, even though it didn't win, um, maybe were rooting for it, and I think it had more, you know, you know, of the hearts of the community. Um, but that's that Blissey V with the one of Mill Tank and the one of uh, Tornadus, which I've been on this cast and I said that that card is garbage. Why would you ever play it? Um, but that actually won him a couple games that I seen on stream and uh, <laughs> where it just came out of nowhere and won him the thing. Uh, so Blissey Mill Tank obviously is a deck um, that can ramp up really, really quickly with um, those special energies, um, especially with the addition of the double colorless. It just ramps up that damage even quicker. Um, and so it can go for, it can it can go for the Okos. It could stall out. It could heal. It has the, the mill tank in there also just to throw off the, the timing for your opponent. Sometimes you just need a little bit more time to heal or something like that. Uh, so Blissey mill tank, um, what's your feelings on that, on that deck? That, that's a, that was a really good pick. And it did um, very well. 
as of right now, like this is the one that kind of gives me the worst, most worries, mm -hmm. uh, because it is something that was, uh, I don't want to say like popular. It was very roguish. Uh, and, and Blissey before this iteration of Blissey, Blissey was very, um, meme-ish. Like you could, if you got hot, you would do like a whole boatload of damage real quick before anyone right. could do anything <clears throat> about it. One of those type of decks. Uh, but now they've, someone has taken that archetype and turned it into something very playable. Um, so I feel like the, 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 the cards are very easy to get um, inexpensive. People might low key want to want to see how, how, if they can, if they can replicate some of uh, Connor's hot streak or good, good fortunes in milwaukee to a ni another nice finish right and i'm still i'm still trying to figure out even what this tornadus does um so wow. the tornadus we both set it on there um tornadus you play it down on your bench and it when you do you your opponent must switch a, his active pokemon with a bench so it's a say essentially an oh, escape this, rope it's escape but rope. you don't need to move your pokemon i believe either way um being able to just essentially gust out of nowhere when your opponent's not, um, you know, okay, expecting that is really uh, huge. It's their uh, so choice, was, boss. Yeah, it's their choice, boss. But we saw this in the matchup against Azul um, going into you know the last matchup before top eight. I think it was the last. Uh, it was probably second to last, but it was in the cut. Um, and it was the flying Pikachu versus Duraludon. Um, and there was a lot of draw pass, draw pass, draw pass. Um, Azul just trying to wait for his opportunities, um, you know, to to be able to, you know, do damage, and then have him not be able to do anything because uh, uh, the flying Pikachu uh, just stops stops anything after it attacks, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you see, Connor played it well, so it was game three at the very end of game three. Um, never ever showed the tornadus, so Azul had no reason to believe there was any threat of it kind of like moving him off and, and taking away that Pikachu effect. Um, and there goes tornadus coming out, and you know, a boss's order right after that and takes him out. Um, so it was well played on that part, um, just to kind of stop those walling abilities. Um, so that was a very, I wouldn't say interesting game, but it was interesting at the end where the tech was coming out because everybody um on watching stream and the announcers on stream knew that that tech was in there and we we're like uh everybody was waiting for it to happen waiting for it to happen and sure enough at the end of game three close to time uh tornadus comes out there and saves the day um and takes blissey past um past, past the pikachu well yeah i mean that that i was watching i didn't Watch that. I was watching the finals matchup with him and the, the going back and forth between Duraludon and the Stadium Wars. Yeah. I mean, just the deck has a lot of good play into most of the decks at the moment um, with the toolbox that it has kind of with the mill tanks and, and that addition of Tornadus. Right. Um, yeah. So another deck that we didn't kind of expect to see, but uh, you know, two really fun decks that are going to probably shake up the meta. Um, like we already said with uh, Blissey being able to hit hard heal 
um, dust, um, wall off with um, with the mill tank. Um, lots of options for the deck. Um, so I'm probably a little bit more worried about that deck over anything else just kind of popping up and creating havoc, especially with the low bench size. So it's a rough matchup for Palkia's. Um, it's a rough matchup for Muse if they don't play it right because they still have the the Evital, I believe, in there as well. So if you're too aggressive, you can lose some energies uh, and then just kind of basically lose the game from there. Um, and then, you know, it, there's there's it has the, the Dunsparce in there to protect from that, that fighting weakness because obviously Blissey needs to, to tank and heal um, alongside. So you can't have those, those pesky fighting uh, Pokemon that taking them out. Yeah. And then, and you, I mean, you could, you could see at the, uh, if you watch the final two, that Blissey, if left unchecked, can hit for some ungodly numbers. Just oh, yeah. one hit KOing uh, Duraludon. Uh, Duraludon with big charms. <laughs> right. Just going, see you later. I'll take three prizes. Um, so, I mean, if played, if played well, that deck can really do well. Right. So that's that's why uh, it's got some like it's got some eyebrows thinking about what I'm going to do, and um, same thing with Duraludon's kind of getting me I some eyebrows too. But I I have ways around that. Right. All right. Let's move on to the next deck, and that's Mew. Uh, of course, we've talked about Mew many many times, um, but looking at the list here of Chris's list, he has a four two Mew. Mu uh, V V Max, which I'm not 100 percent if uh, if I agree with that, um, but three stadium counts the the counter path, and it looks like this is the straight bosses um, variant, and it doesn't have any um, any other side kind of uh, gusts, so there is no Pokemon catcher or cross switcher. Um, so anything in this deck that you know feels odd i think i think going into this meta or into the meta going to naic i think the biggest thing out of this list compared to any other is you you need something around diancy and i think that's the one thing that Mew likes to do is be aggressive quickly um and then being able to gust with those kind of things so what would you if you were to play Mew, would you be playing uh, a heavy boss count or would you be more of the the luck flip cards or even the cross switchers for the you know the the having to find two um if it was me if i needed more gust than what boss would bring i would go to cross switchers mm. first over luck flipping um just not a huge fan of flip cards in general um but i mean if it, I mean, catchers are less cards. Um, I have played catchers before in decks just because that was the best thing to do. Right. Um, so I, I could see going that way. Like I said, personally, I would go to cross switchers first. Um, I do agree with you, though, at the moment. Uh, Non-bossing, non-bosses orders options are probably a thing that needs to be in Mew Max at the moment. Right. Just um, just to be able to... Um, a lot of players are keen on just giving Mew things they don't want to KO. And right. then uh, you're kind of stuck with it because your supporters are kind of picked. Yeah, like, I mean... The, they're the, telegraphed. The, like 
the the strongest point of Mew, and we've said this many times, is it's the best deck forced to go second. Every most decks want to go first, first, first to set up their board state and go on. And if they're forced to go second, there's really no chance of most of these decks attacking for meaningful damage. I mean, of course, we got Blissey that can take out Drizzles, um, but it, um, there's typically a deck that doesn't really want to go second for that attack. Mew is the deck that could get the Elsa Sparkle off onto the Meloetta and take KO, um, a big KO off of a V, um, and, and take a quick two prizes, um, really disrupt the, the setup. Um, and, but with, the, with Diancie out there, with a lot of these Palkias and um, Dialga decks kind of hiding behind that wall to start the game, um, or even just other decks that just know that, hey, you can't boss me. Um, and you can just kind of put something up, like you said, um, that's more of a cannon fodder to, um, you know, give a one prizer that's not going to really affect it too much. Um, but being able to have the ability to go second on your first turn, hit for 220 or 210 plus and gust up something that you want. I think that's where Mew needs to be um, because it's, it's just so threatening uh, to your opponent and it it plays to its strengths more than any other deck in that situation. Of course, given your choice, you probably want to start going first uh, and set up your board state and then go on from there. Um, but what do I know? I'm, I did not finish in the top four of Milwaukee regionals. Uh, so clearly Chris didn't need, um, you know, those are uh, those alternative gust cards. But for me, I think that would be the play I would make if I'm playing you. I, I tend to agree with you a lot on that one because I think you need to leverage the the best assets of the deck. So, I mean, you could do this with any any deck archetype, but with Mew, you want to leverage its best assets, which is its high consistency and speed of doing right. knockout damage. So you leverage that with and being able to take targets that you want to actually KO and then just not let people set up. You literally just get out to them before Duraludon can become VMAX Duraludon. Right. You get out to them before you even can think about putting a mill tank down because I don't know, for yeah. whatever reason. Or, or like, well, yeah, the mill like, tank doesn't matter, but you just you get out to see Dialga's doing, um, you know, obviously not in this tournament, but Dialga was popping off. Uh, the week prior to it are, um, you know, you have your, your Palkias again, a lot of those turbo decks hiding behind Dancy. So if you can, yeah. if they only set up one uh, and then you take that, that main attacker out, they're behind another turn where they can't attack you or meaningfully attack you. Um, so you're in a better spot that way. Um, so again, if I'm going to play Mew, I'm going to play high roller Mew and to give myself those options, um, and do all that damage. So, um, you know, but hey, Mew either way is a consistent deck. It it's the reason why most people consider it BDIF um, for the last you know several months, um, even going into NIC. I think a lot of people are still pegging it as the best deck, or if not the best, the second best deck. It's definitely still up there. Yeah. All right. So the next one again, uh, Arceus. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I, let's, let's not go to Arceus yet. Um, we got the. Um, we got the original form Palkia of E-Star Inteleon engine. Um, obviously, we've kind of talked about the turbo engine with the Diancies, having Mew out there, um, uh, several celebrations Mew um, to kind of set up. Um, 
but really just trying to get your bench filled up and then have your opponent kind of have to worry about their bench size and try to take those Okos. Um, but still gives it a lot of different options on damage modifiers uh, throughout the game to take you know, put pressure on your opponent. And again, I think this is the best deck going first uh, because you can use its ability um, going second to accelerate you know, your main attacker and your backup attacker and still be able to boss and or Leon or something else, um, you know, when other decks can't really accelerate energy and have those consistencies or those threats. Um, so Palkia, um, still a great deck. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Palkia right now? I think Palkia is really, really good. Um, right. I think it's it's uh, one of the top decks in the meta. Uh, it's just so consistently smooth. Um, it has a lot of outs to being able to consistently hit for big damage on turn two, right? Uh, like you were saying. Um, and Radiant Greninja just like fits so well in this deck. Oh my! Uh, yeah, that really so good in this deck. Uh, it makes it makes Palkia hum even more. Like it's just a well a well tuned machine right out the get go of off the set like it didn't even like didn't take that much time to figure out how to make how to make palkia no. really soar i really want to before we go to like the the, the consistency engine um i really want to talk about that uh greninja um so 90 damage to you know two of your opponent's pokemon is such a powerful attack um for, and especially in the in the palkia deck because of uh you know the v-star ability being able to charge it up so quickly um, so you have different options. So depending on your matchup, you can hit into, you know, more Sobbles, Drizziles, if they're even out there. You can take those Okos. You can take out their consistency um, tank if the board state kind of lends it lends you to do that. Um, or you, if they have a main threat out there or two main threats, you know, backup, 90 damage uh, to either of those. Um, it's putting it into two-shot territory um, to take for Palkia to finish it off pretty easily. Um, so basically you know at that point you might not take a prize it, they take out your greninja but at that point you can just take out knockout and then knock out its next attacker and at that point it's kind of game set and match um so greninja yeah. given a lot of options um for Grenin the, the palkia uh, in in particular uh the greninja giving them the option to or they could I don't know how to, like you could do one one or or the other, but like you have Palkia and you can set up Palkia and then just like bam take out the attacker because it hits. I mean Palkia can really hit pretty hard, right? Or like you can set up the Greninja and then just be like, oh, you still haven't set up yet. Is this like? Oh, let me just take out like these two Sobbles that are just going to set you so far behind, or whatever little support Pokemon you need on the side. Your Bidoofs, your just 90 damage is so key on taking out a lot of support stuff. Um, and then you get to basically a little Urshifu attack on two of them, taking two prizes, still right. two prize turn. Um, you're trading way up on that, on that Greninja. So, so uh, you just said Urshifu and we have not really seen Urshifu pop up. Um, even players like Tord that were making that deck still hum and it be relevant. Um, he's kind of even off of it, at least uh, going into um you know, into Milwaukee, um, but we haven't really seen it there. Um, and I just think that Greninja is probably just a bigger threat to the bench than, than Urshifu is at this point. 
I mean, I think Urshifu is big attack. I mean, that, that G-Max rapid flow was used on a lot of Sobbles or if you like pre-set up to, you know, get some actual KOs with right. these and stuff, <laughs> then yeah, uh, it, you'd be getting more prizes. But you're essentially doing the same thing that that G-Max, that early G-Max flow, like as your first attack would be right. doing for Urshifu with a single prize Pokemon. Right, yeah, you don't need to evolve it. It it basically does the same thing. It takes out your support Pokemon um, or it sets up two shots. Um, and it, if it gets knocked out, it's a one prizer. It has a better ability, so you can use it as draw. Um, and it doesn't have a, a weakness that could give up three prizes. So even if it dies, it's a one prizer. But there's still you know plenty of decks out there that will take advantage of uh, Mew um, of just you know taking those easy three prizers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest advantage going for it, and uh, I mean, you said no one's playing Urshifu. Urshifu is a European thing, I think. I think right, Tor, yeah, but even Tor, I think like, Tor, he's, I, I think Tor came it. to the U.S. and was like, ah, I'm in the U.S. I, I can't play Urshifu here. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's that's probably what happened. Um, any other thoughts on Palkia in general um, that make that deck hum? Um, you know, with with the text in there, attackers. Um, would you what would be your backup attacker be or your third backup attacker? I know I've seen a lot of people play Starmie. Um, some people play even the even the Suicune. Um, would there be something else in there that you'd be playing? I would I would drop a Starmie in there. Um I feel like you have room for one Starmie that you yeah. can use for Arceus decks that just put energy down. And then you can blow up a V, like I don't know. A v well, I mean, Blissey Mill Tank's done really well, and you saw that that uh, that picture of the, the he had like twelve energies on there. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, goodbye Blissey, no matter what. For something as easy as Starmie to set up, um, I don't see the Suicune. I just see the Starmie gives something. So uh, Starmie gives uh, um, Palkia something a little bit da- different in in his damage calculation. Right. So that's why I would go with Starmie. Suicune is more of the same with Palkia. Yeah, it's more for that, it. you know, that that drop down that turn kind of threat. Yeah. Um, when there's not a lot of energy spread out. But I, I can see value in both, but I don't think you would pick both. You'd have to kind of go one or the other. Um, but I think yeah. Starmie is really good, too, because it, it does have free retreat. So if you start it, I mean, it's a really good pivot Pokemon. Uh, we've already talked about, you know, many a times if you need to, you know, get, you get a Pokemon knocked out, you can throw that Starmie into the active um, and it's that free retreater. Um, obviously, it's a pretty weak HP Pokemon for a two prizer. Um, so you're not it's not really tank ability. So it's a liability when it's out there if you're not using its attack on that turn. Um, but still uh, serviceable for sure. Yeah, I mean. It's yeah. It's not an it's not one of the Pokemon that you want to just drop down and then let it sit there and maybe use it as a pivot Pokemon for reasons that you just said. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you start it, it can pivot, and if you want to blow something up, you can drop it and then blow something up pretty well if there's energies on the opponent's right. sideboard. Yep. Uh, so one last thing I want to talk about Palkia. I guess it's not even really Palkia. It's the Inteleon engine. Um, so last weekend we saw, you know, a decent amount of Palkia and Teleon do well, but we also saw the emergence of that turbo um, Palkia that was really kind of, uh, you know, inspired by the Diago deck um, from the, from the, you know, the week prior. 
um, with mm-hmm. the Muse and the and the Deanzies and just kind of really going through your deck that uh, quickly. Um, that kind of seemed like when with the emergence of the Turbo, um, that it kind of pushed down all those um, electric techs, um, mainly Jolteon um, or anything like that, to try to stop the Drizzile um, from happening. Because I thought, you know, the meta was kind of pushing away from that. Um, do we see some of that come back this weekend to try to combat um, the Intellions again? Or do you think uh, it's one of those cat and mouse? Because like, it's, it's kind of probably 50-50 if you're going to face um, a lot of these decks that are the Turbo build versus the Intellion build. Yeah, I I think the turbo build is where you see Palkia go in the future because we won't have shady dealings. Right. But um I don't I'm not a huge fan of Jolteon as a tech to stop shady dealings. Um it's just I feel like that's it's a lot of pieces. It and, is and, it is and for Palkia, I, I if you're trying to counter Palkia. Like and that's what you're worried about. I think you just start playing electric. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think the the advent of flying Pikachu to counter that is a little bit better than necessarily trying to counter the Intellion engine. Right. You're right. I, I probably agree with you. If you guys are worried about Palkias, um, I think flying Pikachu or even surfing Pikachu are probably more serviceable. Right. Um, pretty easy to charge up. Um, with the with the Arceus um, in general, uh, is the surfing one a water type? The surfing one is electric type, but hits with water energy. Oh, see that's perfect. So it, that's, the, the yeah. surfing was the. Was, uh, I'm surprised. Well, I get why they use flying because it, it flying cancels uh, damage back. I believe from basic Pokemon. Yeah, from basic Pokemon. So it it has that added bonus of using flying. But surfing, you could put into like Arceus and Teleon without changing anything in terms of energy and it hit for electric weakness. So that's why surfing is is cool. I mean, you put surfing it certainly in there is, and, and, and it's easy. It's easy to charge them up with the Arceus. Um, so Arceus mm-hmm. is still not going anywhere. I mean, it obviously Palkia um, dominated the week prior with all the top eights, but Arceus is still a busted card. Um, that V-Star ability is so good um, and being able to accelerate energies is still very good. So uh, although you're seeing less like dark into, um, dark Arceus decks um, because there's less focus on you because there's so many other decks to worry about. Um, but Arceus definitely could be that toolbox over most anything else. Um, and, and we see it there with, um, you know, Arceus Inteleon jumping into the fifth spot. Um, so very, you know, consistent deck. Um, it doesn't necessarily even have to just be the Intellion version. You can definitely put different attackers in there. But let's just talk a little bit about Arceus uh, in general and why somebody should or should not play Arceus. Um, I, Arceus is still a good, I think, um, I don't know if there was a lot of talk, but um, when Palkia like ripped through Australia with the eight cut and and just the onset of Astral Radiance and the uh, the newer decks coming out, I think there was a lot of love loss for Arceus's archetype. But I think he's still good, and I think Justin Coolis in Milwaukee showed us he's still a great deck to use, right? As long as you can pilot him well, um, you just got a lot more different things to play around. Um, right. And 
with Arceus, I think every matchup's a little different in how you play it. Um, you definitely, uh, definitely know your matchups because it's not a deck that just plays the same no matter what you play against. Yeah. There's a lot of nuance to it. So right. um, I think you just got to put more reps in if you want to keep being an Arceus player. And it'll adapt and still be a great card in the meta and, and great deck going forward. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's still a really good two-shot Pokemon, which we're mainly in that. Obviously, there are Pokemon that could take one-shots. Um, but it's very versatile with, uh, you know, the the specifically the Inteleon um, version, being able to um, use like Melanie's, um, use Sharon's care and loop attackers kind of healing. Um, and like we've talked about, accelerating energies on the board um, off of your attack um, and three at that is really, really good. Um, I Obviously, it has to go to another V Pokemon, um, but still it is very powerful. Um and that kind of really just plays into it. So you can definitely um, play that healing game while hitting your backup attackers really, really easily. And then even in the late game, you could even put in like a, um, a Roxanne uh, after they take, you know, maybe three prizes with a, with a Sobble and your main attacker. And you're still probably in a really good spot. Um, and it's another deck that once you play the V-Star, you don't really have any abilities you care about. Uh, so Path to the Peak is also a really good option in this deck. Um, and obviously Path can shut down um, some of the top decks we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you said it, there's a lot of different options it can go, and you can pair it with a lot of different things um, because there's no uh, kind of limitations on that energy besides the fact that it has to go to a v and then it needs to be basic so um it's it's got a lot of versatility so those are the main you know the the, the top decks there um, we kind of already talked about the flying pikachu um, we've talked about the regigigas um toolbox or the reggie deck um do we st i i don't i still think that that deck is very scary especially for a lot of these big decks, I, I wouldn't say that Mew likes that matchup very much. Um, nor does uh, nor does Palkia, which they both can win that matchup, but it's a very stressful long game. Um, and for the Reggie players, it's not nearly as stressful because you know you're getting knocked out, but you have so many recovery cards. So, is there anything else that we want to talk about or or touch upon with the, the Reggie deck? Um, I think the number one of the reasons why it's Reggie is scary to the top end of the meta is that um, it can hit for weakness on a lot of things and it's going to force you to take six prizes, which a lot of these top decks don't necessarily like doing, especially when you're getting maybe O code, maybe like two shot, like you're getting two shotted back. Like it just, it's just going to trade well. And like Mew never liked trading, never likes trading with one prizers. So you're, it's eventually going to lose that prize trade, uh, even with Meloetta's in the deck. Um, and it, that's Reggie's biggest feature is a lot of things in the top meta, it can smack for weakness or like special attacks like Reggie Gigas's VMAX attack, right? Um, to do a lot of damage. And maybe possibly Oko stuff, uh, and and then in turn only give up one prize every single turn. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's still a very solid deck. 
Um, there might be things right now that kind of counter it. So we'll see what percentages. I still think we're still probably going to see like that 4 to 5% range uh, played for that deck. Um, so still something to consider no matter what deck you're going to play. So either have counters or have some kind of game plan against that. Um, but looking yeah. through looking through this list here, um, at least with just like the straight dark archetype, the, the, the closest I see is at 36, um, Joseph playing the Hisuian Samurott. Um, do we, heck, with the emergence, like not emergence, but with Mew being still the number one percentage played deck out there, um, you would think that we're going to see a lot more dark decks out, um, you know, sniping for that, or even just having better success, but it really, you haven't seen really uh, Samurott do much, and definitely not Dark Rai. Dark Rai hasn't seen much play at all. Um, there's been a little bit of hype about Gengar, um, like that Turbo Gengar, but again, um, you're not seeing a lot of dark decks have much love up there. Um, is there any reason why you think those decks aren't doing so well? Um, the my my best guess is the mass, the overwhelming number of Mew players have ported to something different, and dark. Uh, while it was, it just took advantage of overwhelmingly favorable matchups against the top deck in the meta. It doesn't necessarily do, it doesn't have great matchups against everything else. It has maybe a, it has maybe a lot of 50 fifties and maybe some bad ones. So right. uh, you really like, that's another, like you, I don't know if anyone that would want to go into a tournament with like, I'm just going to go with a deck that's got 50, 50, well, maybe, I mean, a 50-50 versus everything with no good matchups. But um, I, I just don't think that's a re recipe for, like, huge success. Right. I mean, with Samurai by itself, by itself, it's a really good attacker, you know, going turn its first attack with its ability, um, but really loses steam. Um, so decks can catch up on it pretty, pretty easily, I would say. Um, plus, it doesn't lend to, like, the most consistent deck ever. Um, and I know I haven't seen much of the, the turbo build with the Gengars out there, um, but I know Gengar in the past has definitely struggled to keep up with uh, the speed of consistency over most decks. Out, uh, even, even with the Mew, it was like 50-50 because Mew can just out-consistent it. Um, so I'm not sure there. And plus, it, it definitely with its attack, um, your opponents can play around it um, with that first attack, the two, the two um, energy attack, being able to hit more for as many V's that are on the board. So your player, your opponent can play around that. Um, and then it, it just seems like dark ride just isn't fast enough, even with the Moltres, both Moltreses um, and uh, various in the dark patch. It just seems like it still just isn't consistent enough to hit those numbers. And it, it kind of takes too long to get to that place uh, for those one shots outside of Mew. Obviously if you're playing Mew, you're still loving that. Um, if you get there, you don't have to put as much work in there, but dark just doesn't seem like it's as good of a place as it was like even just a month ago. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I just don't think the matchups are there for it at the moment um, against the rest. Like uh, it doesn't hit, I, it doesn't like necessarily Palkia that much. It doesn't necessarily do anything special against Arceus or, or even uh, the like single prize of Regigigas, like uh, it, it's just 
it's fishing for those new matchups and it's not getting them as much. So um, I think it just struggles mainly against the rest of the field while having a good matchup against Mew. Right. Um, were there any other sleeper picks? Um, Cause we talked about most of the main decks out there. Um, so let's, I guess in the highlights of Milwaukee, um, is there any other sleeper picks that you, or sleeper decks that you saw out there that were worth talking about that might, you know, rear his head in for NAIC? Um, I would, I just want to, the only one I want to highlight just so any one of our listeners has basically an FYI, this is a deck that you could possibly see. It's not going to be highly played, but an Eldegoss V stall deck did make 24th place mm-hmm. at Milwaukee. Um, so <clears throat> we all know the loop with the Umbreon uh, that, um oh geez. Xander Xander made popular. Um so it's out there. Well it'll loop you um through the game. <laughs> That's so, such a bad feeling getting stuck in that loop and can't do anything about it. Just just know that it's there and 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 like you know figure out how you would figure out how you would play against it. Right. And, and because not that like I think you're gonna see any, but you know, come day two, if you make it that far, come. Uh, you know, get into the late rounds, you might find a player playing that and you just don't want to be caught off guard. Right. So one deck that is, I wouldn't say super meta, but definitely to keep in mind, you know, with, with, um, you know, the strengths of weaknesses of Palkia um, is that stone journer. Um, We see one that finished at 46th place, uh, Zachary Mm -hmm. Cooper. Um, And of course that, that deck just likes to tank. Um, and maybe have one or two out there and then use the lucky popsicles, uh, the team yell towels, and you know, the, the, the helmets out there, uh, the space helmets, I forget what those are called. And then um, even like Pokemon center later. So just lots of um, healing options out there. Um, disruption with hammers, um, a deck to maybe look out for, especially with a low bench size. Cause a lot of these decks um, rely on heavy bench sizes so they can either snipe them or do more damage or something to that effect. But when they have one or two out there and that's all they're going to have, um, it can be something to look out for. So just something to keep in the back of your head. Yep. So are there any uh, other tech cards that you think that no matter the deck you're playing, you should bring this weekend? Bring for sure. No. Um, tech cards that I was thinking of because of, things that might be popular is, is that, that, uh, that canceling cologne. If you have room in your deck to get around those abilities that stop you from being able to attack them, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's worth a look. I think it's the better option of what we got right now. Uh, if you can't afford to play path the peak, which would be the best option. Um, and, uh, don't, don't use Phoebe. So, um, I think it's better than Phoebe. Right. Well, we can always go Phoebe Pow Pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. But I just think that the cologne right. works just as good. For me, I think I need to find room for Tool Scrapper, not Tool Jammer, uh, but Scrapper. Um, it's usually that like that 61st card, 60, you know, 62nd card or somewhere in that range where you always would like to have it in there. Um, but just with the amount of you know, big charms, um, 
that put things out of range for, you know, the, those, those knockouts um, with the Palkias out there um, and with mill tanks out there. Um, a lot of those, if you can just, you know, scrapper that away and then still have your, your tool uh, or your, you know, your, what's it called? Now I'm losing train of thought. Belt. Um, yeah. Your belts or your big charms or anything like that. And you're still being able to use effects of those. So um, I really think that you need tool scrapper this weekend. That's like the card that's sticking out. That's normally just outside of the deck that you want to play, but I think we should try to find room for it. I'm with you on that. I've, that I've been sitting, you were right. That's been sitting my 61st card and I've been trying to figure out a way to get that in my deck as well. Right. I mean, it's always hard to cut other things, but right now the metagame is so reliant on those, um, on those um, tools um, that you really need that, that scrapper just to, to take them off and just give you that edge. Um, you know, if it's Mew being able to, you know, knock off big charms and still be able to put his, um, you know, his belt on there plus the tablets uh, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, that's, that's my pick for the weekend. Yeah. A good one. Right. So we've kind of talked an extent of, you know, the meta um, where it currently is, where it possibly can be, and, you know, a few texts here or, you know, decks to look out for um, with some stuff, but you know, this is NAIC uh, week. So I, I want to talk about, uh, first and foremost, um, what our end-all, be-all um, top eight decks are going to be. Um, what, what do you think are some decks that are still going to see success? Um, maybe some, you know, some big names out there, but maybe uh, a sleeper deck or two. Um, I think the top eight is going to be comprised of... Um, a Mu V Max. I think there'll be a Mu V Max big top eight. I think you're going to see some origin form Palkia. Uh, I think you will also see, you'll see multiple of those. I think you're going to see at NAIC a Regigigas sneak into the top eight. And I think your other one is going to be an Arceus with the flying Pikachu. I think Azul showed us how to play that. And uh, I think that's going to become popular. Right. Um, I tend to agree with you on those. I think we're going to at least see three Palkias, um, probably one or two Mews. I, I think Reggie has a decent enough chance to kind of sneak in there. Um, and then uh, and obviously Arceus or Pikachu um, is one, but I still think, I don't think Duraludon is going to make it back, but I think Blissey will. Um, I, think- I think Blissey is, is a, a scary deck especially in the hands of a really good pilot um, being with those options, with healing, with one shotting, with stalling um, all those fun things. Uh, it just gives the, the mill tank or the blissey maybe. Uh, I think it, it definitely has a chance there. It does have a chance, but I'm putting blissey and Duraludon. I mean, if you told me top 16, I'd tell you they'd be there, but I'm putting them out of the top eight because I feel like they're going to suffer from I just won syndrome and be teched out of the top. Like not they're going to okay, be. So if you're going to say that, like what are some texts that Blissey doesn't like that will just push them out? Because it, it, currently, I think a, a lot of people like to a lot of people like to copy list and maybe make one or two changes. Um, but this is 
not a deck that's going to play a lot of mill tank. So I don't think you really need to worry about mill tank answers. But if Blissey can charge up and heal that much, like what is something that can possibly just mess Blissey up? Um, I, I think your choice of that 61st card in Scrapper or Tooljammer, just something to negate the effects of that cape so that 250 is enough. Right. Uh, might be something that gets added to deck. I mean, that's very true. Um, again, yeah, you can take that out because without that, um, two fifty is definitely manageable uh, for most of these decks uh, to get to. Yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. So, right, I worry about the mill tank. I worry about things that don't let me hit stuff. But that's uh, just mill me. takes mill tank. There's, there's always answers. So, yeah, especially if you play the tool scrapper or jammer. Um, and the mill tank has to play against like a, uh, a Palkia. Obviously, you can get the the Intellion out there. It could take the knockout because uh, it's perfect math without the Cape of Toughness. Um, even if that, you can maybe set up some math where you hit one and then hit the other and then like maybe you're ninja them. Um, I know that's kind of inefficient, um, but that deck has answers. Uh, Mew already has answers because it can just hit right through it for perfect math. If it has the if it has a cape, if it just needs um, a cape or um, a power tablet, power tablet and you're good to go. Um, so, you know, those top decks definitely have answers for the mill tank. Um, it's more of just that if that Blissey can just take that ungodly amount of damage, um, you know, for those Okos if it's set up. So uh, yeah. we, we shall see. Yep. So, you know, that's some pretty good discussion there. Um, but when it's all said and done, um, as of now, obviously, we are recording on Tuesday, uh, the 21st. Obviously, the 24th is when it starts, right? Uh, yeah, 24th. Um, as of now, what deck are you bringing? Uh, I am still going off meta, uh, and I am going to, I believe I'm going to bring Lilligan and try and take a bunch of 50-50s against everybody. Right. Is um, there any matchups that you don't like with the Lilligan? Um, I don't like... I didn't like... I really don't like Blissey Mill Tank because my current build, the Mill Tank, would ruin in me. Like, I just mm. don't have a... I don't have an out to killing Mill Tank. I have... Since cha I'm changing it up so that I will have an out. Um, but uh, that's why it's the biggest thing that worries me uh, but I have good math on RCS decks. I have good math on Palkia decks. It's really just, can I play it right? Um, and um, maybe just uh, not necessarily outplay my opponent, but just like, can a deck out yeah, run, the run deck? hot and then not right. run into it? Because there's not a lot of fire in there. We've seen a couple Charizard pop up and cuts here or there, but generally yeah. you're not seeing fire. Uh, so you don't have to worry about weakness too, and too, too much. I have a plan for UV Max that matchup is is tough, but I think winnable. Um, and then anything dark, I I like. Um, right. Uh, and then I have, as at the moment, I have Regigigas' number. Uh, I just know how to play it. I have zero things that he likes to hit or attack with. Um, so I just, I know my way around that one, that right. matchup. So it's 50-50s with like the good matchups versus odd decks. That I may not see a lot of, but hey, right. um, I, I'm just taking what I what I've played the most in, in in recent times with with moving and everything, and what I feel confident with. Right. I mean, again, you did 
really well at the last um you know full grip tournament the the 5k or whatever it was um really just missing cut by your your winning in so um clearly you know what you're doing with that deck um and it's a deck that most people won't expect so i mean there's something some value there too um when they don't know the matchups in and out because all these top decks that we've already discussed today um you know most of these players are going to have a good idea of what the game plan is going into these matchups if it's a 50 50 or better or worse they're still going to have a game plan of this is what i need to do um they might not have that with Lilligan um right off the hop because it might not be as obvious because that deck's not being played as much yeah i'm i'm definitely counting on a little bit of unfamiliarity with some matchups and in, in play but um i mean it's going to be a little bit of a stretch i'm hoping to go on not necessarily a stretch I shouldn't say that I, I do hope I can run hot um, because uh, my math is just right on, on numbers and attacks. I just got to get the cards out in a consistent way. So right. it's been working well. Um, I mean, we did testing this week, had a couple losses, but I learned from those on things that I can change and, or what will be good to put in. So um, just, Keep tweaking to uh, get to the uh, what is it? The optimal form for sure. The origin form. Of the origin the- form. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of origin form, um, I've been flip flopping uh, between Mu V Max and um, Palkia and uh, Talion. Um, both decks serve, you know, really good. Per- like they're both really good in the in the meta. Um, they have their pluses and minuses. Obviously, we talked about Mu. Um, is probably the best deck going second, and that's definitely the heavy consideration there. Um, but there's it's such a known deck at this point, so most people know how to play against it. Um, plus, there's still a number of dark decks out there for hate, um, so there's still a little bit if iffy matchups there. Um, but Palkia just has been feeling really good this last little bit, um, has really good matchup spreads, and not a lot of lightning out there, obviously. We have the the flying Pikachu um, with the with the Arceus out there uh, um, that can hit it for weakness. But again, if it goes first, it still just seems like it might be a little bit more consistent, just because you can still like that turn to um, get your energy acceleration and then boss whatever like the main threat may be. Um, so there's not a lot of like just auto losses. Um, Reggie Gigas is a kind of a pain in the butt matchup, but if you play the prize trade game right, um, it's, it, you can still do well because you can attack with a two prizer, a one prizer, and then maybe another one prizer, and then uh, a t- a going into the two prizer. So you should theoretically trade well if you know all things are equal um, and you play the game site there. Um, it, it, the Mew matchups, it, it's it can take those Okos and your prize trading pretty decently because you have two prizers and one prizers. Again, Mew does not. Um, they have generally the three prizer. Um, you know, obviously, you'll probably run into one of the Meloettas. Uh, I am a little bit of, uh, worried about Duraludon just because of the low bench size. Uh, Blissey Miltank is a very 50 50 um, matchup, but there's, there's answers to both of those. Um, and again, it's not unfavorably prize trading um necessarily uh, obviously i think it's probably a little bit of a of a advantage to the blissey player but not by much probably um everything else it feels like it you know you can do you can 
have your way with most decks. Um, you limit your opponent from doing what they want on their bench. And most decks want to have a full bench um, for consistency reasons. Um, but this deck really punishes the, your opponents for doing that. Plus it can, uh, you know, with, with cards like Arita, it's very easy uh, to get started. If you're going second, you can get that um, Greninja out there, um, battle VIP pass, get your whole board set set up. Um, and then the mirror match is actually kind of fun and thoughtful because it's not, you don't want to just like sprint to fill your bench up. You want to kind of be thoughtful and pick and choose when you fill it up and what the map is. It's just, it's kind of a fun thing um, to kind of play around, play that dance with your opponent. Um, you know, when you fill the bench up, when it's necessary, when to hold back um, to play that two shot game. Cause if you don't do it, then, you know, it, you're playing that two shot game and, and depending on the situation, you might just uh, be in a better better spot so i think i'm leaning towards um palkia obviously a couple days can change and Mew might feel great again um but i think i'm pretty set on palkia because it is just such a solid deck um and it has hit the meta by storm since it's been out yeah yeah i mean both both could be good choices um i mean if i was had Palkia built, I might have thought about trying to practice that a little bit more, but um, I'm just behind the eight ball when it comes to practice to begin with. So I'm sticking with something that I've got the most time in. Uh, so all I can say is if you're still undecided, remember, like I said in the beginning, go with the gut, right? Go well, what feels good. There is another deck that I want to play, but I, I don't have the courage to play it. And that is Leon's Ard. Um, whenever I do play it, I take my opponents by... Uh, surprise uh, being able to set up pretty quickly, um, especially with the the Magma Basin being able to really accelerate energies. But that deck is just too scary to bring right now um, because if you don't set up correctly, you're just toast. Well, yeah, I mean, all I can say is if you, if you want to go down that road, you just got to go down it and own it. Like, I mean, well, that's kind of, I'm, 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 Kind of owning Lilligan at the moment because, like, I haven't seen anyone necessarily do crazy at one of these tournaments yet with it. But like, right, that's the thing that I'm I'm scared too because you know what, this could go horrible, um, because it's kind of unknown. But right. uh, I'm I've I feel good about it. My gut feels good about it. So I'm just gonna go with some confidence and go with what I feel like is good and hope for good outcomes and that, right. that would be the same thing it's going to be it would be scary as heck to play take like Leon's art because you don't know but sometimes you just got to own it and go for it it's a fun deck um i'll bring it for sure so if i don't do well maybe i'll play it in some side events i don't know but i i plan my goal is to make cut like i said i feel like mm -hmm. i've been inching towards that you know the, the 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 player caliber to be able to make cuts um, got close at Indy, um, you know, horrible, horrible, um, you know, New Jersey weekend for me just had really bad, um, matchups and variants and maybe some misplays in there. Hopefully I learned some lessons and, um, you know, am able to, you know, get bounce back, back. bounce back, make that cut. Um, and then maybe do some, some damage in there. Um, I mean, realistically, I don't think I'm to the caliber to, to win the event, uh, but, Definitely make cut and maybe win a couple games and you know make top top sixty four. That doesn't seem like unreasonable. 
Uh, my goal is to make day two and go from there. I mean, if I make day two, then my goal will be to win. But oh goal, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm my never goal is just like oh, I'm good. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I, I just want to go into the event with confidence and 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 do well. Make day two feel good about that to see what I want to see what a day two feels like, uh, because that'll be unknown territory to me, and and go from there. And I mean, uh, I'm the plan is to just ride high, keep confident, and just go. I mean, that's all you can do, my friend. Yep. All right. Well, that is probably going to do it for us. Um, that was a really good discussion on the meta, you know, the week before. So we'll come back to you next week with, uh, you know, a recap of what we, you know, how we did, what we seen, and, you know, our experiences there. Um, and then you will go on from there. But um, I'm really excited for the, the end of this quote unquote season for us. Um, and I can't wait for next season already. Um, I can't wait for IRL play to come back at the local level, at the store championship level, and really be able to grind that way um, to really make a good push. But again, first things first, let's get this first internet out of the way um, and kick some butt and, you know, make a name for ourselves. Yeah, I'm here. You too. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this weekend. I'm excited for it, but I'm also ready for the start of the next league just because I want to be there at the start of the league. You know what I mean? I just want to, from that ground floor, that local level, and I want to just grind them, grind them local events and, and go from there. So. All right. Well, that will do it. We'll see you guys next week. And thanks for hanging out with us till the end. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like a rating or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.